0: Everybody and welcome to At the Devil's Ball. I am Nathaniel, the uh, the host, and with me, as always, is my co-host Samuel Numene. Hey, what's up? Hey, uh, and uh, this week it's our uh, our holiday special. So I think we're just going to do the whole thing in in uh, uh, Wookie. Yes. Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, a little bit of Arnold Schwarzenegger in there. And, and, uh, less as joy. long
1: as we can get Art Carney to come in later, we'll be okay.
0: Yeah, Art Carney. At Connie, um, and uh, B. Arthur, uh, mm-hmm. um, and uh, this week we're, uh, as usual, we, uh, we talk about movies in a positive and uh, constructive fashion, or at least we try to, when we're not busy being assholes, um, <laughs> uh, and uh, so this week uh, is our holiday special, and we're ch- cheating a little bit, normally we are mm-hmm. a horror podcast, we're kind of doing uh, Scrooged with right. uh, Richard, Don- uh, Richard Donner's film starring Bill Murray. Which is much um,
1: more of a comedy than a horror, but you know, yeah, A Christmas yeah. Story was kind of one of the first Christmas stories and kind of one of the first big horror stories. So I feel like yeah. we got it. We got it in there.
0: Uh, yeah, Christmas Carol. Yeah, yeah, Christmas Carol. Sorry. And yeah, uh, and with us we have uh, two very special guests. Uh, the the other members of the At the Devil's Ball family, so to speak. Uh, with me on my end is my I don't know. We don't really do labels that much. My significant other. My girlfriend, my, uh, I don't know, you want to get married? Uh,
2: Today? No. Uh,
0: Not today? No. Um,
1: This this, this isn't the time or the place for a good, uh, (laughs) no, 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 (laughs) no pressure, pressure, though.
0: Um, but yeah, uh, 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 Lori Bowman.
1: Hi. Hey. How's it going? Glad, glad to finally have you on.
2: Thank you. Glad to be here. I don't know how much constructive criticism I can offer, but I have a few tidbits.
1: None of us ever know how much of that we have. Until we just glass through it. And uh,
0: uh, who do you got on your end, Sam?
1: I've got my my wife and my uh, my smarter half, uh, I've got Jen.
3: Greetings, Merry all, everyone.
0: Good to see you, Jen.
2: Happy Solstice.
0: Thank you. Happy holidays to everyone. <laughs> God bless us, everyone. So, what do we? Uh, uh, I guess before we dive into the uh, into the content, uh, Sam, you're going to do the vital stats on this one.
1: Yep. Uh, so, obviously, it's Scrooged. It's uh, 1988, uh, directed wow. by Richard Donner. Um, and, you know, Superman, The Omen, most of the good parts of Superman 2, the Lethal Weapon series, you know. Goonies. Uh, so, not his first Christmas movie, if you count Lethal Weapon, which, you know, kind of is.
0: Yeah in, the, um, in the, yeah, in the way that all of uh, Shane Black's films usually like right. reference Christmas in some way, yeah.
1: Right, right. Uh, written by uh, Mitch Glazer and Michael O'Donoghue, who worked for Saturday Night Live and uh, did a, what was it called, Mike's Mondo video, which was a Saturday Night Live kind of spoof of those Mondo movies from the late 70s. Okay. Uh, so as for cast, we've got um, a whole basket full of Murray's. <laughs> We've got uh, Brian Doyle Murray as uh, the father, uh, Cross. We've got um, John Murray as James Cross, the brother. Um, Also, we have Joel Murray as a house guest in the scene with no lines who looks suspiciously like uh, Frank's brother. (laughs) It's a little awkward once you notice it uh, because he's not supposed to be a brother because Frank Cross only has one brother. Yeah, uh, and then we've got Bill Murray as Frank Cross, the screwed, the titular Scrooged person, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, do we need to go into what he's done? I feel like uh, we're good on that.
0: Uh, I, I mean, I mean, obviously it was this and nothing else, right? Uh, right. No, no real career after this. And This uh, was also this. his
1: only ghost movie that was popular. So I mean, yeah, yeah, he yeah. Didn't,
0: didn't do anything else that with uh, ghosts at all. I don't
4: think now. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Uh, we've got uh Karen Allen uh, from. Animal House, Rangers of the Lost Ark as uh, Claire, the love interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Forsythe as Lou Hayward. Uh, he was the Marley character, basically. And that guy has been in so many things over the years. Uh, uh, yeah, in Cold Blood, he was uh, the guy whose house got invaded and in Kitten with a Whip, which is a great episode of Mr. Wow. Theater. And a great movie on its own, I think. Um, we've got uh, John Glover as Bryce Cummings. The, the guy is kind of gunning for Frank's job, um, yeah. who also kind of plays these kind of characters a lot. He was in Gremlins 2, which hopefully yeah. we'll do someday. Um,
3: well, he does kind of look like super yuppie.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's Lex Luthor's dad in Smallville. Yeah. So, yeah. He's the guy you call when you need something like this. He did the Riddler in uh, the DC Animated Universe stuff.
0: He also, uh, 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 another thing that I would love for us to do sometime, uh, mm-hmm. he was the devil in Brimstone. Do you remember oh, Brimstone? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I hadn't seen it, but that? I remember
1: seeing the commercials for it.
0: Oh, okay. Well, someday we'll get um, you to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. We've got uh, Bobcat Goldthwait, uh Police Academy. He was in Tales from the Crypt a couple episodes. Freaked, which is a, a, a movie I love. Uh, really a small good director. That. Yeah. Went on, good good comedian, went on for a good career of doing Bobcat Goldthwait voice, yeah. uh, and then went on to become a really good director, uh, I think. Hmm. Uh, he was playing, I don't know, he what, what what character would you think this is this is just kind of an ancillary character that's not in the original I mean
0: he's uh, he, I, I, they they come they split Bob cratchit i think into two into, people into two yeah. Roles. Yeah. yeah yeah
1: makes sense so we got uh, david Johansson um as uh the ghost of Christmas past also known as you know, buster Poindexter who was in the new york dolls mm-hmm. um you one of those you'll know him if you see him i'm gonna skip a lot of these uh credits for a lot of people because we got a a lot oh, of great gosh. character actors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carol Kane played the Ghost of Christmas Present. Again, Princess Bride, Adam's Family Values, so many other roles. Yeah,
3: um, you write for Adam's Family Values though?
1: Yeah, sure. What Fairy Tale Theater? She played a uh, she played a fairy in that as well. Nice. So, uh, we've got Robert Mitchum, another classic character actor. Started off as a heartthrob and turned into one of those guys that you get when you need a lot of gravitas. Yeah, uh, playing be the president or that work. Still, kind of a
0: heartthrob uh, in this movie. I think uh, this is one of the most I mean, handsome old men.
1: Yeah, I yeah, see, definitely. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't turn him down. I'd give him a blue pill and you know see what he can see what he can do. I guess. <laughs> wow. Merry Christmas, everybody.
0: Merry Christmas. <laughs> Imagine having sex with Robert, old Robert Mitchum. <laughs> uh, he's also dead. So yeah, um,
1: well, you know, it's Christmas. <laughs> he could be one of the ghosts. We don't know. Uh, so we got uh, Alfred Woodard as uh, Grace, the assistant. The other half of the the Bob Cratchit role. Yeah. Um, she went on for a very,
0: very good career. Uh, I think she already had a really great career before this mm-hmm. film. Yeah, but she... Uh, she's this supposed- was where she
1: really started her her film roles, I think, mostly. Um, yeah. They went on to do 12 Years a Slave. And I immediately always recognize her from First Contact, Star Trek First Contact, because yep. I'm a nerd. Um, Mabel King as a uh, grandma. She was in The Jerk. She was in Good Times. She was, you know, all over the place. Um, and lastly, I just wanted to mention the... Uh, the homeless people, because uh, they're a bunch of good character actors so well. Are, we got yeah. M- Michael J. Pollard, uh, yeah. who started off, probably his first noticeable role was uh the Star Trek episode, Miri, uh, the one with the evil kids and the disease kills people, or I don't know. Uh, Body and Clyde was his most famous role. That's what he really made his bones as, that's the guy you get when you want Michael J. Pollard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, he does a very a specific, specific kind of thing very yeah. well. Yes. Um, then we got Ann Ramsey and Logan Ramsey as the other two homeless people. Uh, Ann Ramsey was – everybody knows her from Deadly Friend, right? Uh, that's that's all we know her from.
0: Right. Throw mama from a train. Yeah, Throw Mama from a Train.
1: Right. And yeah. uh, Goodies, of course. Yes. So, that'll do it for, I think, you know, the, the cast. But we could go on for another hour just of cameos and small yeah. roles and everything else. But we've only got so much time. We that's
0: true. It. Yeah.
1: Because the ghost has to do it all all before Christmas Day. here, yep. So.
0: Yep. The spirits, the spirits have to do it all in one hour. Um, right. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so so Scrooge obviously is, is a is an adaptation uh, of an adaptation more or less of uh, of uh, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Right. Right. Um, where uh, Bill Murray plays Frank Xavier Cross, <laughs> the uh, the head of IBC, uh, mm-hmm. a major television network who is uh, basically the world's most awful human being. And he goes on to uh, have the Scrooge treatment. He gets the three ghosts. They teach him the true meaning of Christmas. And at the end he sings a big song and everybody's happy. Um, Which is a Christmas Carol in a nutshell as uh, there's a meme, there's a meme going on around right now of uh, uh, sort of the cliff notes version of uh, Christmas Carol, which is basically just three panels of Scrooge saying, Christmas sucks, three ghosts showing up saying, you suck, and then him saying, I love Christmas. So <laughs> that's right. basically uh, uh, a Christmas carol in a nutshell. Yeah.
1: Or the or the, or the meme where, you know, it takes, you know, the, the story of a Christmas story is three ghosts telling a capitalist not to be an asshole, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I still say when we're done with this, we should all put on some costumes and go throw Jeff Bezos down a flight of stairs, <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, I'd be okay uh, with
0: that. and 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 uh, teach him the true meaning of uh, charity and goodwill and kindness. Uh, right. Sam, I think you he he have to work his in-
3: own factories for three hours.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, mean, I think Sam will play the Marley role. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and then I'll be I'll be uh, I'll be death. But um, so what are we starting unpacking this film, Sam?
1: I mean, let's start at the beginning. I mean, it's it's got a good opening with, you know, like three spoof trailers, basically. Um, Very true. You know, The Night the Reindeer Died, which is just, <laughs> I'd watch the shit out of that movie. I, yeah,
0: that was my first note, too. It's actually like the right. top of the page. It's, I would watch the shit out of The <laughs> Night the Reindeer Died.
1: I And this was before, you know, um, Weird Al did uh, The Night Santa Went Crazy, so I feel yeah. like he was a little inspired by this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'd, I, I love the fact that it's it's a stupid action movie, but you know, Santa Claus is, is getting do we have to explain this? I think everybody's already seen this movie.: 100.
0: Probably Yeah, but the general, yeah, the general idea is like, yeah. like the, the, the jokes are basically that Santa apparently has an armory,
1: right, right in
0: case terrorists try to seize his workshop, and then Lee majors. Is the only one that can stop the terror. And that's
1: the funniest part of the trailer to me is because yeah. it's not Lee Majors playing somebody. It's Lee Majors, Lee Majors playing Lee, Lee Majors. Lee Majors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They even wink and go, it's a $6 million man. A $6 million man. <laughs> and What was the next one? Was that... uh Robert Goulet. Oh, oh yeah, Gou- Goulet. Robert Goulet's C- Cajun <laughs> Christmas. Yep.
3: Yeah, eyeballing,
2: eyeballing the alligator.
1: Yeah. You
3: know? Saturday Night Live has ruined Robert Goulet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Will Ferrell's <laughs> Will portrayal. Ferrell's portrayal of, Goulet, of Robert Goulet, like that's all I see now.
1: Yeah, and it's not even uh it's not even an imitation of Robert Goulet. It's just this bizarre world version of Robert Goulet. Exactly. That he does. Um, it's not. Yeah, just seeing him on just fighting that alligator on the uh, or them alluding to him fighting the alligator on the <laughs> boat is just while well, I'm singing, you know, was it jingle bells or silver, silver bells. bells? Yeah, silver bells. And then the third one's not not as strong. I don't though the joke there is they wanted to say, you know, Ward loves beaver. Yeah. <laughs> if, I, yeah. if I know
0: your father, he's out chasing beaver and like, right. you know, grins at the camera, yeah.
1: And then we go into actually the first thing of uh, you know, Frank Cross and his the the good version and the bad version of that uh that trailer. Which one do you guys prefer? The the sweet one or the I the love, really I badass love, one?
0: Yeah, come on. I
1: you love it.
3: You could have done the the dark one a lot better. I was a, like, it's been a yeah, long time yeah. since I've seen that part of it, and I'm like, I was a little disappointed with like the stone thing coming down, like the right. monolith. I'm like, eh, you probably could have cleaned that up there, but yeah, yeah. I just love the like junky shooting.
4: Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah.
0: oh,
3: fantastic. Yeah. Free,
0: freeway killers. <laughs> <It's
3: Yeah>.
1: a, <laughs> double double barrel
0: shotgun. Yeah. Uh, it's a
1: very, uh, it's almost Paul, it's almost like a little preview of what Paul Verhoeven did with TV and RoboCop, you know, in, in yeah. a way.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I had made the note that, uh, but they show that when they're they show him the Scrooge promo and they look at him at the end of the table, Frank Cross, and he opens up the drawer and looks at himself in the mirror and smiles. Right. I was like, that's what I do before every recording. It's like <laughs> uncanny,
1: right? Um. And then he goes on to, like, never smile again, pretty much, you know, throughout the entire thing. Yeah, he only sneers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The
3: lighting in that, when he's watching that video, is yeah. is perfect.
1: Yeah, and he's doing his little reactions, like the screaming. <laughs> oh, yeah. He seems along
0: with the woman, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. That he thinks it's unbelievably funny that he's made this. Uh, and it is
1: unbelievably funny, yeah. I think, but then maybe not the yeah. way he intended it to be, but the way the filmmakers wanted it to be.
0: Yeah. And then, of course, uh, Bobcat Goldthwait, uh coming up to him and being like, just change the part about the gun and the blood. <laughs> <What>? and, <laughs> yeah. and And him going, if I can. Only if, all of it. Yeah. He's yeah, like, right. if right. I can change it, I'll let you know in five minutes. Yeah. Right. Um, right. And then yeah. five minutes later, he's out of it. W- w-
1: under five
4: minutes. Four, four minutes, 35 30 seconds.
1: seconds. Yeah, yeah. I guess he let him know then. Uh, yes. Uh, and That uh, shows really quickly how disconnected he is from humanity and how and what a shark he is and how yeah. much you know he doesn't and pointlessly cruel him.
0: yeah how pointlessly right. cruel he is yeah right. that, like all all the guy did was actually do the the right thing and it, it got in him. a
1: very respectful way I mean he yeah. doesn't you know
0: yeah he comes up to him and says you know I actually wonder that this time around watching it after uh, when Bobcat Goldthwait leaves the office uh, mm-hmm. Frank Cross makes the joke of we don't want to scare the dickens out of people And no one responds. I almost wonder if Bob if if Bobcat Goldthwait had turned around and laughed at the joke, if he wouldn't have gotten fired.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Because he's like, nobody gets me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I feel like if I were working for Frank and he made any sort of joke, I would laugh. I mean, well, they even show that in the beginning. He
1: makes that. He makes that joke, and the the one guy laughs a little bit too much and gets a look. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, he clearly, yeah, he clearly thinks it's really funny when Frank goes off. Right. Yeah. But, but, um. Interesting little uh, 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 connection there too. Uh, The blonde woman in his group uh, Mm -hmm. of execs uh, actually starred in uh, right after we watched the Tales from the Crypt episode, All Through the House, right? The one for uh, HBO, and she's the 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 uh, killer in that one. She's the the woman in the house, and which of course was also was directed by Robert Zemeckis and Mm -hmm. was produced by Richard Donner. So, it was just this little interesting, oh, okay, that's...
4: Yeah. and
2: also has a super obnoxious long scream at the end.
0: Yes, it does. She screams for like 40 minutes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's only, it's only a 25-minute episode.
1: <laughs> right, um, it's, that's how it works. Yeah. So, what do we want to go to next? Are we want to move on to, uh, to Marley, or do we want to... I mean, because the rest is just showing how he's casually cruel, and, you know, I doesn't care about... Are you talking about running. the
3: Humanitarian Award? That's the best. That is the best. <laughs> yeah, right. About,
2: about what? What was that? The humanitarian, the humanitarian oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Or he like
3: figures that, out that it's like not real gold, and he's like just throw like basically just leaves it in the cab. And of course, it's, like, he's at the
2: Leona Helmsley Tower, naturally. Yeah. Which, you guys are looking at me like you
1: have no idea. What I can't. I'm having trouble hearing you, Laura. Oh, right. um, yeah, of
2: course he's. It's at the Leona Helmsley Tower.
1: Right. Right. Who
2: yeah, is <laughs> the? Uh, Woman who mistreated all of her workers and yeah, the what was she the hotel madam or something? Yeah, she was, was crazy like that.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, but I was going to mention something about Frank Cross's name, um, namely that it's not just Frank Cross. Well, first of all, he is Frank, right? Frank about right. being an yeah. asshole. Yes. Um, and Cross, I guess, could be as something name, you nail angry. Mm-hmm. Angry, and of course, you of course, in the break room, room or whatever they had the you know yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, what you just said, um, but also when um, when his when he 's getting buried,
4: mm-hmm. you
2: notice that the Frank is actually Francis Xavier cross, right, so um, Francis Xavier was a an American saint who uh, mm-hmm. was part of the redemptionist movement in Boston and He's a big deal among Catholics, but, um, so he, his whole thing was teaching people how to be, be more like Jesus and give to the poor. Right. So, yeah, I don't think that's it, an accident.
1: It's, it's, no. a, it's a good gag and it's far more subtle than naming your main character, Jericho Cain, or, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which just, we'll see next week with uh, yeah. our next <laughs> week's episode. But,
0: end of days, Yeah. Yeah. Or just naming a guy, Thomas Aquinas. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> no um, but yeah, uh, that's actually a really interesting why I didn't know that. Yeah. The more you
1: know. Yeah. So yeah, we go we go to his office, and it's kind of like the apex predator office. I mean, if you think of like an '80s high-powered executive's office, maybe yeah. this is just because I grew up watching this movie since I was you know ten or eleven. Uh, well, I guess it would be eleven or twelve when I started watching it. That's just like good good design right there because you just instantly know this guy is not human, you know, in any sense of way. Even the art on the walls is, he he shows that, he he refers to that one piece of art on the wall in the uh, boardroom, I think it was, as Mother. Mother, Mother, help me. Yeah, it's just this absurdist uh, abstract art. (laughs) Doesn't look anything really human. Right.
3: That's kind of face and everything.
1: Yeah, but it's a very Picasso. Yeah, it's definitely third generation knockoff kind of. Cubist kind of situation. yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, so he, uh, and then we meet Grace,
4: mm-hmm.
0: uh, Alfred Woodward's character, who is uh, uh, obviously a very nice woman who is his personal assistant.
4: Right. And
0: uh, in typical Christmas Carol fashion, he treats her very, very poorly. hmm And um, uh, including, but he also uh, puts up
1: with more from her than he would anyone else. I mean, she she pushes back on things, and you know, she basically calls him an asshole a lot of the times, and he's yeah. like. <laughs> Yeah. he ignores it. He doesn't fire like you know Bobcat Goldthwait for saying you know nicely that he's doing something wrong. You know. Yeah. yeah well,
3: how many people are going to help him adjust his suit before his boss comes in? You're not going right, to find right. that kind of dedication to expensive. the theme.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah.
0: I mean, and then you could make it. You could make an. You could think about the idea that much like uh, Bob Cratchit in the uh, in a Christmas Carol, that there is somewhere deep down inside of our Scrooge character that. Does value something about that person? Right. I mean, he does. In the in the in a Christmas Carol, you know, Scrooge does. You know, more or less, he does offer. He does give Bob Cratchit the day off, right? You know, uh, for Christmas. I mean, he, even though he's against it, uh, so I mean, may, you could maybe think that they, Bob Cratchit, as as uh, Grace does, represents a certain conscience, what what little conscience there is right. left of uh, of him. That I think that probably I I think that I I almost feel like without her we would just we wouldn't even be willing to watch his journey, right? Right. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. Yeah, like he's so monstrous, and even though it's Bill Murray and he's Mm -hmm. you know uh, charismatic and likable, uh, they do such a such a phenomenal job of making him. I think he's probably the worst Scrooge I can think of. Yeah. uh, In terms of what he does, I mean. Even even Ebenezer Scrooge, other one's like the idea of like uh, stealing a cab from an old woman and then giving her the finger, right? Um, and, and, and mocking her. Bye bye, Grandma. Yeah. Bye bye. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, and just his, his outright uh, disdain for everyone he, he meets. Right. They even show uh, he after the after the uh, humanitarian of the war over here. Uh, he gets out of the cab and the guy says 5 bucks and he says like here's uh, he, oh it's yeah, five. it's uh 465 four, or something
2: 465
0: and he says here's 5 right he t- he tips 15 cents for his cab ride and um, that's only probably
3: because he doesn't want to carry coin
0: yeah <laughs> but it's it's just he's just so so awful yeah and that, he did even care. yeah
1: and that's one of the things that uh, the the, the critics when it came out thought this movie was too cruel uh yeah. thought it was too mean-spirited um i know roger ebert was once again wrong and said he, he was uh, the worst uh, version of a christmas carol we've ever seen i'm like well, yeah. i've seen worse yeah. yeah but uh yeah so i, I think they're just kind of turned off by the first act i mean because after that you know it starts he starts to soften up slowly and yeah Although they're you know, then they're mean to him. The, the ghosts are mean to him rightfully so. So Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well I mean yeah, I mean we jump we, we jump when we jump to the ghost stuff, um, which is where we can sort of justify doing it on a horror podcast. Right. Um, in particular this version, because the ghosts are actually really pretty well designed. Mm-hmm. Um uh, especially Marley, is, yeah. Yeah, this Definitely. is a pretty scary Marley <laughs>
4: yep.
0: um with uh he's a gross out Marley. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, with the we got the rat pushing the golf ball out of the back of his head. His
1: his um, eyes have you know long since decayed away yeah. into just black voids. And, you yeah, know, he just...
0: takes off the sunglasses and he's, he's got like no eyes left. Yeah, right. Um, and has the uh, probably some of the only uh real violence in the film, which is him grabbing him and pushing him out the window. Right. Um, and not you know the slapstick violence of Carol Kane, which we'll get right. to. But uh, probably the only harm that any actually really comes to anybody is from that sequence.
3: The way that mummy arm comes apart when he's hanging him out the window, like creeped me out so bad when I was little, I kept watching it. Sure. But that was like crazy.
0: Yeah. That's, that's, that's where like this film, I think has some horror elements to it. Um, That Marley in this case is probably, um, he's probably the scariest ghost. The, the, uh, the, Death is pretty scary. The the future, goes, yeah. at least when we first see him, and then they undercut it. But um, but the souls of the damned in his chest um, right. look very very good.
3: They look more like Muppets though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fine though.
0: But when they show him for 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 scare factor, they're shown very little. Like yeah. they're shown for like a fraction of a second to enough that we get the idea that this is hell. You know, within right. one entity. Um, so, I mean, you do have some scary stuff in it, uh, in that respect. Um, and of course, the Christmas Carol is sort of a, um, uh, existential scary story.
4: Mm.
0: You know, the idea of, uh, of, uh, of finding out you are, uh, the entire concept. If you look at your past and see you were once a good person right uh you know and then your present which is the, this is the outcome of, of your bad behavior like you've become a bad person and then in the future finding out that you know, you have none right. that you have uh, that you have uh done irreparable damage right. um and,
1: and it is important especially you know the, the the way it's set up with Marley being first and Marley's always kind of it's he's always either been the uh the partner Obviously, in the original, he was the partner, yes. but he's also always, you know, kind of played as like a mentor figure to, to Scrooge and somebody he's looked up to, you know, yep. and to show that, you know, okay, well, this is this is where you're headed, bud. Yep. And they capture that really quick with a, ver- you know, rather a short scene with Marley. It's not that long. It's no. a couple minutes tops, you know.
0: The entire film moves by in an incredibly brisk clip. Yeah. It's- um, yeah, it's it's not, a, I, I, what is it? I think it's under 90 minutes, isn't it? Like 88 mm-hmm. minutes. Something, something like that, like that. yeah. It's, yeah. Oh,
2: it's really that
0: short. I think so. It's not a long film.
1: Um, so, so we go from that to um, you know him getting his business lunch and freaking out there. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Which I have to, you know, for a guy who hates everyone, he does try to put that guy's arm out that was on fire. Right. So there is something True. to work with yeah. with the guy. He does have some sort of moral center it's just you know buried down like near his toenails
1: right he tries to get call attention to the fact that this guy is you know really in real life just lighting the bank alaska is is on fire because he's hallucinating it basically and then you know freaks out runs out but he stops long enough to douse that guy with water and tell him that he thought he was richard Pryor. (laughs) (laughs) i thought you were richard Pryor. (coughs) which is
3: which begs um, so many questions how do you make that mistake? Why would you throw water at Richard Pryor? He was at, it's
1: <laughs> when he was, caught himself on fire. Yeah,
0: yeah it's a reference. <laughs> yeah, it's a reference oh, to yeah. Richard Pryor uh, setting himself on fire. Oh.
3: It's a, it's a Dial my head back a little yeah. bit. But still, really easy to make that
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, it's actually an hour and 41 minutes. So it's, it's oh, okay.
3: Okay, so it 40. is a little bit longer. Oh, okay. You don't notice it.
0: No, Yeah. it's a very, very fast-paced film.
1: So we go, um, you know, we, we go on from that to the uh, the Ghost of Christmas Past, and this is probably my favorite version of the Ghost of Christmas Past ever. It's because... uh, I think
0: it's interesting that this is, that they flop, they flip it, Um, the Ghost of Christmas Past is the male figure mm-hmm. in this one, and the Ghost of Christmas Present is a female, which I believe in the, even in the original, it was the reverse, right. is that correct? I
3: think so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the first ghost is like, usually like a child or someone very innocent. Mm. Yeah and then it the, goes to a the president's president, always the big that,
1: boisterous giant uh,
3: um, so they go yes. with a
1: very small woman uh, with fairy wings so which is a nice uh reversal of that this reversal yeah um but you just what just seeing you know him growing up in front of the tv with a dad who doesn't care about anything but money and you know it's never outright stated but it, it's it's implied, and I think that's what makes it work. Is you know everybody in some every guy in some respect tries to grow up to be like their dad, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Right. To some extent, I mean, it's not you know exactly, but um, so you see him, you know, he's just he's was he he owns a butcher shop or a, or a yeah. slaughterhouse, one or the other.
0: Cross 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 meats. Right.
1: Yeah. So he just brings home veal, veal for Christmas yeah. for his kid who's like eight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wanted a toy trade. <laughs> wanted get a, a toy trade. Yeah, yeah. That's just so great. My
3: back hurts. My feet hurt. I'm only four. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, very cruel man, too. Yeah. to them. Yeah. Um, you know, but he's he gets wistful because his mother is sweet to him, and that's where he got. You know, whatever shred of humanity he had is probably from her.
3: Just smoking like, while she's pregnant. Yeah, you know whatever. <laughs> just
0: like, just it like was kill the, of it, the it, Hun. Yeah. Yeah. Attila the Hun saw his mother. We were watching
1: this on our new TV, and it's, you know, very nice and very fancy and pretty expensive, but not insanely so. And I don't think that I've ever noticed before that Buster Poindexter's character of Ghost of Christmas Past is a fucking elf.
3: Yeah. It's got ears. I've never really noticed ears
1: before because it's usually hidden by the hat or the, the, the hair and. My brain, when I think about the movie, remembers seeing it 150 times, taped out of VHS tape off a of TV, so yeah. it's low res. It's like, yeah, oh, well, shit, he's an elf. Yeah, he was pointy, point of years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just thought he was a corpse. You know, it's just so we go see it. You know, and Frank, uh, when when we skip past childhood, he goes to being, uh, well, he's supposed to be a young adult, but he's already looks like. 30, 40 years old in that because he's but so they murray.
3: But they give him extensions, which is right. awful.
1: <laughs> but they show that, you know, he and, right. yeah. <laughs> he and Claire are kind of like, you know, the the hippy-dippy types in the early 70s. You know, they're into She's the, the Karma the Sutra. Plans. I'm sorry?
3: She's got a million plants, and you know she talks
1: to right. all of them. They have uh, actually, she writes in
3: Sanskrit.
1: Right. They have like um, leftist magazines around the apartment. I noticed. I mean, you know, it's but he's also at the same time he's kind of one of those like, hey, man, it's cool, kind of hippies. Like I did, You can even tell that he doesn't necessarily believe it, but he did have leanings at least at the at the time.
2: He's more like a National Lampoon kind of
1: guy. Right. 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 <laughs> uh. But it's it's good to show that you know he he wasn't always this way, um, and you know once he alienated his his girlfriend for work.
0: Well, I think that we see he kind of was. Um, I I would I would disagree with that take because I think like when we see the the Christmas exchange, right. the exchange gifts, his is uh, something he bought off television. Right. You know he bought the bought the knives from and it's QVC. a gift of knives. Right. Yeah um you know the and she gets him this very thoughtful kama sutra as as jen noted it written in Sanskrit. she uh, she she did the uh uh inscription yeah yeah. and but
1: there there he was trying he was trying to to fight against uh he was trying trying, but he's still
0: he's still the capitalist right you know um which is again goes in with uh, the whole concept of of Scrooge in general uh, in in A Christmas Carol, where he you know he loved his gold more than his wife. Right. That in this case it was I love television, I love capitalism more than I love my girlfriend.
3: I just I just love the fact that like when she's putting the gift away, he's like, I've never loved a girl enough to give her a set of knives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like. Yes, what I mean. Okay. I, I don't know. I actually saw that. I mean, as much as, yes, you didn't get them likely from TV or an 800 right. number or something like that. I don't know. I kind of found it, like, a domestic kind of thing. Yeah, like the sort too. of thing that little, people, bit, yeah. like, give each other as adults when they live together.
4: Right.
3: Um, not the most exciting thing. Not the Kama Sutra by far. Maybe but I mean it's Right. But, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, they have a huge kitchen, right. which I noticed. In New, New York?
1: On a small yeah. budget. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like um, it, it shows that he's trying. For me, it's that he's trying to to be more like her, but he doesn't have the imagination to be that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still, you know, it is in his heart. There's still that seed of you know what his father put there, basically that he's that up growing instead. Times of his-
3: the fact that he was essentially raised by television. Right. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Right. Um,
3: so, so he doesn't we- have he doesn't have much of a uh, vocabulary for anything outside of that, but.
1: Right,
3: I, right. Know. I thought i thought it was i thought the goal there was trying to be kind of domestic and cute and of course right. making the jokes about cutting the can which is yeah, yeah.
1: that's what we're there for Question.
3: yeah
2: how did his brother end up to be such a mensch but he I, was you know because he was the
3: he was the baby
0: right
2: yeah.
3: probably i mean i bet maybe, you could probably
0: make you could probably make an argument that dad died that's what i was gonna say he might have died yeah. or yeah.
1: Or Frank yeah. might have protected him from, you know, the the worst of it. Right. Yeah. That's also awesome. we do get enough
0: of a sense that Frank really does care about his brother. Right. Um, he just doesn't as Jen say he doesn't have the vocabulary. He doesn't right. know how to express that.
3: He but, I mean he says so it to him. He says, him in the movie. Right. You know, he says and it to him. Yeah.
0: You know, I I you know, I I love seeing you, I love being with you. Um, but I have no interest in your idiotic hippy dippy uh, Christmas celebration. Right. You know, um, and even kind of suggests like have a happy new year and I'll see you then you know mm-hmm. we'll do new years um, but it's clear that he's just has no interest in his brother's life but right. seemingly, I mean I th- would ser- certainly suggest that he
1: cares about his brother absolutely Yeah. Um, um, and, and like Jeff said you know this whole ghost of Christmas past thing is is basically decrying people who are raised by television and that's all they can think in terms of which you know I'm not gonna say I wasn't like I I wasn't that guy. <laughs> you you were that yeah, guy. Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't we probably wouldn't have this podcast and I wouldn't have all the movies behind me if I wasn't right. that, in a way right. that guy. But I you know you care about things more than that you know. Aside from that, you know, just, he turns out to only care about television and money. You know. <laughs> I feel like this this episode's gonna have an early host. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's I, I, just fine. I tend to agree that it's not really about money it's more like about right. power and capitalism it doesn't really talk about money so much I
3: don't just what money can do right like money can get you the VCR money can get you the doctor's appointment right. money can do these things but it's a means to an end right,
1: right. yeah for him it's, it's it's more about power and clout That's and... why he's
2: like loath to give uh, the homeless people any money right you know. So
0: it's it's not, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's I mean, it's, it's he's definitely an ambitious man, and that's something right. that we're we're shown, uh, and and successful at that ambition.
4: Very well. They, they yeah. claim
0: he's the youngest youngest president in the history of television, um, which is a hell of a feat, right? Um, for some weird guy who grew up uh, the son of a uh, butcher, you know. Um, but one of the things I noted about this film um, versus the any other adaptation of Scrooge is he never goes home.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, he is at never, home
3: when he's in his office. Yeah. yeah
0: that is his home. home. Yeah. But we never see where he lives. We never see anything uh, to the idea that he has nothing. Um, right. And and Bill Murray plays that, uh, I think, in many scenes where he realized, like, his freakout uh, when Grace is like, I have to go to the doctor's appointment, and his freak out of being like, if you don't work late, I can't work late right like that means i have to go home right and if i go home i have to deal with how lonely i am you know um yeah. and i think that might be the answer to the riddle we were kind of talking about like why does he keep grace around it's because she's the only one that will tolerate him from right. in a few minutes and so without her he's got no one there's yeah. no one for him to relate to um he hates his boss his boss mm-hmm. is a nut job um
1: <laughs> with the television for cats which oh, Roku, yeah. for cats. Uh, Roku does have now so
0: yeah right <laughs> nope. yeah uh yeah we'll spend millions of dollars uh to uh create programming for cats
4: uh, right but
1: even that shows you know how even the people above them uh-huh. have the same uh lack of imagination and just kind of follow trends blindly with you know ideas that they think are just brilliant and are actually like the stupidest goddamn thing you've ever heard
3: but they're but they're like in a like you know encapsulated environment they don't have any they don't have anybody telling give them anything new so you're in a
1: bubble where the guy above you is always right regardless of where
3: what kind of nonsense came out yeah yeah
1: and the
0: only any guy who actually says no to you gets fired within five minutes right right so but the look
3: of suffering on frank's face as he's walking and the guy is like saying all this crazy (laughs) bullshit it's just so perfect because he has to smile at this guy and he's making all these faces but he has no one to turn to to make the faces too right so no like you really do like get more of a sense of isolation from that
1: and then right after that you know comes his usurper so it's just two moments in a row of you know Work nightmare, let's say, <laughs> yeah,
3: for reals, yeah.
0: And you we know what was interesting there. about the John Glover character? Mm-hmm. And it was something that occurred to me just today, but it was after uh, it was, uh, I think I did we ended up doing the same thing I think you guys did, which was watch Scrooge and then you watch Muppet
4: right. Christmas
0: Carol. Um, is that uh, Scrooge doesn't have the uh, the future where everybody's happy that he's dead, right? Um and uh, to the point where they make such a big deal out of John Glover that I almost wonder if there's a deleted scene somewhere of John Glover, like, uh, of him finding out the, the new golden age of IBC under John Glover's character.
1: No, that would work, yeah.
0: Um, because there was, it, a,
1: there was a lot of stuff that they cut out. Uh, Bill Murray said that the, the you know, the first end of the film is usually a mess. And he's, he said this was a, a total mess and they left about half of the film out. Um, wow. Wow. But, you know, also take that with a grain of salt because Bill Murray is really hard to work with. Yeah. Um, very, very hard to work with, especially yeah, at the I've time. I mean, his classic movies, okay, Ghostbusters, he had a pretty good time on. He did not want to do Ghostbusters 2, which no, I didn't. get. Hmm. Um, but, you know, this and Groundhog's Day, outside of Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2, are the ones that people think about. And he had a miserable time making both of those because he couldn't get along with the director's they both, you know, he wanted to do his own thing and do a lot of uh, improv-ing and, you know. He,
0: he, he had a miserable time on Groundhog Day?
1: Yes. He, that, was, never,
0: that was Harold Ramis. They had a, I know.
1: Oh. They did not that like was him. the
3: last time they talked to each other for like 25 years. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh my
4: gosh.
1: okay. He's a notorious, difficult actor who wants to do what he wants to do. Yes. And
0: well, yeah, whether you think he's him. genius
1: or not, that's not exactly the right way to come to work. Right. <laughs> you know, meet me, some, meet me somewhere in the middle, you know. Well, we do. Have the, yeah, that, you do have
0: that story where he nearly killed Chevy Chase on the set of Caddyshack. So right. I mean, yeah.
1: but let's be honest. Who has? Who hasn't wanted to kill Chevy Chase at some yeah. point? Che- is right.
0: probably, probably the only guy more difficult than Bill Murray. Yeah. Right. Right.
4: Yeah.
1: But he had said that. Um, yeah, there's a lot that was left out, so I wonder if you're onto something there. Uh, yeah, we'll never know because they never did release a special edition to this that they promised for fifteen years or so.
0: Yeah, even the even the most recent Blu-ray edition, like it doesn't have an audio commentary. It's a trailer. Have anything. Yeah, it's yep. completely it's completely bare. It's like the original trailer and the movie. Yeah,
1: I think it was like two thousand five or two thousand seven. They did they even had an art mock-up for a special edition. Yeah. you'll love it edition.
0: Yeah. And oh, it never
1: happened. Bad. It never happened. I don't know why. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. But yeah
0: cause I still wonder if there isn't, uh, if there isn't that future of, uh, uh, in that, in somewhere in that Ghost to Christmas future where he goes back to IBC and sees like John Glover has become much better than he ever could yeah.
1: be. He also, he also did, um, have one of his, one of the writers, I don't remember which cause they both work on Saturday Night Live. So I'm not sure which one worked with him. Um, but uh, he had one of his writers help rewrite the script a lot after he decided to come on board. So he yeah. could have invented an earlier script version.
0: Maybe. But yeah, it's just interesting to me that it's uh, the only Scrooge adaptation I can think of that doesn't show that. Right. Um, doesn't show the world is better off without you. Um, uh, instead, it actually uh, shows just when he sees his death, he sees his brother's still upset. Right. Um, his mm. brother's upset about it being gone. There's no, um, there's no scene of the people being like, "Yay, Frank Cross is dead," right? Um, and uh, which this film, I think, really could have used that—that that IBC was so much mm-hmm. better off without him, uh, and that is being a huge part of what caused him. But maybe you could have, you could make an argument that undercuts because if, if it's about his ambition, let's let
1: let's let's go let's go, let's go kind of in order. We'll go on to the the okay. Ghost of Christmas Present, and then we'll because it's almost like you know these. All these Christmas carols are, like, several different movies or stories in one. Um, yeah. So uh, so we pretty much covered uh, the Ghost of Christmas Past. It was very, you know, great performance. Go back to Jersey, you moron.
3: <laughs> Niagara Falls, Frankie. Angel. Yeah, we,
1: Jen and I still use that all the time. If like a movie or a show gets to us. We're just like, oh, when we watch that, Niagara Falls. <laughs> well, I, do sure one,
0: I do have one more note about the uh, Christmas Past, actually. Yeah. Um, Lori and I talked about this last night. I think, we, I, I think every single time I watch this movie, I have the exact same conversation with someone somewhere out there,
3: right.
0: which was um, the the president of the network invites him to dinner. Right. And she's like, well, we can't do that. And I'm like, I feel like, and I talked to Lori and I was like, Lori, if I if I said like the president of the network invited us to dinner, what would you say? And she was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, right. we'll go to dinner with the network head because that's, important you know now he's a dick about it right yeah
1: and this is obviously not the first time he's you know You're exactly, right, exactly. screwed her over for work and yeah. his job is running around in a dog suit i mean yeah. but i mean it's i think kind of a it, similar
3: in, conversation like where i'm like well if they hadn't had a conversation about what their priorities are as yeah. far as work and stuff right. like that then that's on them that's on both of them, that's on both of them, yeah. them first of all and second of all, um, if you have that kind of a um, connection with uh, with somebody and they're like, look, like this is the guy that can help me get out of the dog suit, right, like right. I would hope that we would be able to be like, sorry guys, no, later take care, yeah. I gotta go Maybe and make this year. shit happen. Yeah. And if your, if, your friends were good friends,
1: if your friends were good friends, they would know that too. They would be like, yeah. all right, I get it. Yeah.
3: yeah, it's shitty and it's an awful situation, we'll yeah. but you know the fact is like if you're going to be a supportive partner like right. sometimes you have to do dumb shit like that
1: I, I feel like it was totally the straw that broke her back though i think was, oh yeah, yeah.
3: sure well, I, I think mean,
0: it's, i think it's probably him being a jerk
3: on christmas yeah, yeah.
1: right like so you a handful
3: of christmas presents by the way at a five minute break what, right what, minute, what sense does that make
1: yeah um, and also the way it came came out um didn't seem like it was the first time it had gone through their head that they should her head that she should they should take that's exactly
0: it, it. sounds yeah. like something she's she clearly had been thinking about separating right. already yeah and honestly
3: what head of the network talks to the guy in the dog suit i don't know maybe, <laughs> like
1: maybe he had some really good ideas I don't well know. i think
3: maybe, i think that he uh I,
0: I, I thought the insinuation was because we see them meet at the christmas party right where frank is the only one still working and uh, so I think that maybe his ambition in that respect—the fact that he was skipping the Christmas party to continue
1: to work—might have uh, so gotten have the guy's attention. Or, yeah, or maybe he just already had that first seed of the uh, television for dogs in his head, and he's like, "Wait, I know <laughs> that was a different
0: guy. That was that was a different guy." But yeah, he. Uh, but I think that it was the idea that he—that um, I think he probably th- saw something in Frank Cross.
2: Right Not now. to mention, he probably had a few drinks in him already and was like, you know, yeah. sure, come on home. Come on home with me.
0: Yeah, but I think I think that was the idea that the guy was already impressed with him and his dedication and ambition. That he was like, let's go to have dinner. Right. And again, instead of, you know, Frank being nice about it and saying, well, this could really, as Jen pointed out, get me out of the dog suit. Right. You,
2: uh, you'll notice too that the John Forsythe character, we get a glimpse into his character too because mm-hmm. he, uh, you know, his secretary or whatever's like, oh, but you're, you know, your wife's out of town. It's like, oh, even better. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, okay, so he's, he's kind of lacking a moral compass too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what uh, Frank is aspiring 19, to be. Is 1971
1: like, um, executive. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Don Draper. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah yeah uh well it'll be me my wife Uh, well your wife's in palm springs well i guess it'll just be you and me then Mm. (laughs) but yeah uh that was my only note uh was uh, it was uh, i feel like every single time i see it i have that same sort of internal monologue in my head about like he absolutely should go to dinner with this guy right um because that's just smart move uh yeah but at the same time, like I said, he is a jerk about it. It's clear Claire has already had an issue with it. Um, and he's hasn't at least not communicated well enough with her about how much that means to him.
2: Yeah, and I guess in a larger sense, is that ambition worth following? Because you want to end up like this guy? Which right. Is basically what he does.
0: Exactly, know? yeah. So. Except he doesn't sleep around. He has, he has nobody. No, yeah. Yeah. You can't even do that right yeah you can't even do that right he doesn't have the <laughs> doesn't have the strength of character yeah
1: so yeah then we then we meet the uh the ghost of Christmas present um so love this performance love yes. it yeah. i was it is this is a joke, obviously, but I was noticing that uh, she is literally a manic pixie dream girl <laughs> <laughs> it's every word of that sentence, but uh man that's the that's my favorite ghost right there. And I, this is a hard one to pick a favorite ghost out of because, like I said, the Ghost of Christmas Past is amazing too. In this,
0: he is um,
1: yeah, she's hilarious in this. Carol Kane as the Ghost of Christmas Past present,
0: and you don't get to see you don't see Bill Murray do physical comedy that much. No, no. And so to see him and Carol Kane uh, clearly having a ball, right? Uh, doing the stooges,
1: <laughs> you yeah. Know? Uh,
0: literally, the stooges. At one point, she goes right. for the eye poke, and he puts the the hand up in between yeah. his. Uh but um and yeah and then she beats the living shit out of him. Right with the
2: toaster.
0: With a toaster. The bitch yeah. hit me with a toaster.
1: toaster. I did like the little throwaway line, like when he's like threatening right to rip her wings off. She's like, Don't you dive know into the rough stuff?
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, oh so, yeah, I, so- how do we know about this one because otherwise other than that.
3: Everyone is sad yeah. and nobody, you know, and it's all his fault, etc.
1: Because the, the Christmas Past has a little bit of a different spin as the standard um, uh, Christmas Carol kind of tale. I mean, it's it's the same beats, but it has a little bit different things to say, like we said about television and capitalism and this and that. Uh, Christmas Present is almost, you know, a direct adaptation outside of the great character work of Carol Kane and right. the great physical comedy that they have between them. Uh, we just go to visit, you know. Bob Cratchit's family or, yeah. you know, his assistant's family. We go to visit his his brother, who was his nephew in the original story. Yes, it's, of course. Yeah. It's essentially the same thing. Um, I did like trivial, them playing Trivial Pursuit because uh, growing up, we would always uh, – Christmas Eve, we would go over to my aunt's house, and we always ended up playing Trivial Pursuit at some point. yeah. Yeah, my or, family Christmas or, party do the same or charades, but charades was was a worse game, anyways. It always <laughs> has been. Yeah, so that was nice to see them playing Trivial Pursuit on Christmas Eve, um, even though they're remarkably bad at it. Yeah. yeah, it's
3: like they've. It's funny because he's so into TV, and it's like they've never seen a television before that, in their lives. Yeah, I
1: think that's a good thing that they to, to point out. Um, he would know these answers uh, like nothing else. Right. Um, but his brother doesn't have that life never really maybe did Uh, yeah
3: i do like the change that they made with the brothers family gathering that they didn't make fun of frank really yeah Yeah. um they were open about the fact that he was a jerk yeah but they kind of
1: started going that way but the brother shut it down yeah he's he's my brother
0: that's the difference yeah i'm never gonna give up on him he's my brother you know Yeah. yeah
1: The, the SS Minnow is another thing we uh, we quote a lot. Yeah. Whenever the somebody F. gets a trivia Minnow. question wrong or forgets something, we're like, it's the SS Minnow. Minnow. <laughs> Which that was a reference to uh, amongst all of Richard Dodder's movie work. He started off doing TV and done a bunch of episodes of Gilligan's Island. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, really? Kind of okay. Yeah.
0: It was the, the SS Mackerel.
2: Mackerel. Right.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah.
3: Mackerel.
0: Lurch played the piano. Right, right. Not the harpsichord.
3: I don't see a lot of difference, but okay. <laughs>
0: Only a minor one. Yeah. I mean yeah. it is a big difference, but
1: yeah. It's a much warmer yuppie Christmas than uh the evil yuppie Christmas that you know Frank Cross is into. I mean they're they're obviously well off. They're not broke. Um
0: No. It, it looks like they have like they have like a, a big hole in their wall, but it looks like it was put there on purpose.
1: Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking maybe they were in the middle of remodeling. Yeah, that's what
4: but. I was thinking.
1: Well,
0: I yeah. thought it was supposed to look kind Artie. of bohemian. Yeah, I, that was the
1: that was the. That'd be like the. That'd be cool. I'm not sure if I've ever seen that before, but that'd, that'd be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, because uh, I think I, I, I kind of wanted to go back. I almost did to look back, because I, I thought there was something on the other side of the wall, mm-hmm. like uh like it was set up to be like a a kitchen island.
1: But I'd have to I'd have
0: to go back and look again. But it looked like there was like something that like if you could reach across the wall and grab things. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't yeah. stop to really to look at it. But to me, it looked very much like they were trying to uh, create that sort of like the the uh, musical Rent, you know, right. the Bohemian, uh, uh,
1: uh, No one should try to do that. No.
0: late eighties. Late eighties uh cool people hipster right uh, uh run down on purpose you know could
1: be i didn't really get the vibe off any of those people that they would be into that though I mean, they all just kind of seemed like they were trying to do christmas card ca- christmas you know yeah, yeah In yeah. their you know turtle backs and chains and whatnot <laughs> <laughs> i
2: don't like that <laughs> Yep. Ah, turtlenecks and shoulder
1: pads. Yeah. Yeah. And pleated pants.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Big, yep. big, pants. big, Big, floofy pleated pants.
1: Yeah. Yep. Wasn't he wearing like white pants too, which is just the
3: a... nobody should wear white no. pants. White
1: slacks should be outlawed. I mean. Yeah.
3: Slacks. <laughs> day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, certainly. <laughs>
1: yeah. But then we cut to uh,
0: then we cut to the Michael J. Pollard death. Right. Um. The uh, one, part one of two parts of the movie that always make me cry.
1: Well, no, no. First, we go and visit uh, his assistant's family. Yeah. yeah. The Cratchits. Yeah.
4: That, right. Right. that, that right. happens. And that's before. where they
1: really show how bad how bad off their family is. Yeah. Um, how poor they are. They can't afford a tree, but they they can afford everything to trim it with. But you know, not the tree yeah. itself.
3: <laughs> well, they said they did it last year, so who knows if they've just been holding on to like decorations from the previous well, year. Well, I mean, the, the
1: father was killed. Hundred um, years. Yeah. Prior. So, I mean, I feel like that, you know, he he was probably, you know, bringing in money as well. I mean, this doesn't look like a it was ever a one-income household. No. Uh, which was already becoming exceedingly rare by the late 80s anyways. Sure. Um, yeah, you get to see, you know, she has to take, you know, the, the elevated train, you know, to, was it Harlem? I don't know. They lived in Harlem. Yeah. They yeah. lived in Harlem. So, they would have right. had to go to... Manhattan, I guess. Right. So you know, she had to take the train, you know, home, and she didn't look like she was in a terribly good apartment and a terribly good neighborhood, et cetera, et cetera. No. Um. So that was nice. I mean, those, but she, they were showing, you know, that they still, just like in the original, you know, they all have a better idea of what Christmas is supposed to be about than anybody else.
0: Yes. Yeah. They're together. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then Calvin, her son, has uh, is mute as a right. result of, a uh, of trauma you know, seeing his father killed. Yes. Uh, and then Frank uh, make that about him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't notice, I didn't know that Grace's husband had died. Like, and she's like, you know, She's, she's like poor frank yeah yeah, yeah. And oh, i thought it
2: was just a fashion
0: statement yeah, yeah. Well, i
3: have oh, to right. admit though executives do tend to wear black like every day yeah so he may have missed that right. um the open weeping on lunch possibly not yeah. but
1: right, yeah the veil the, the, <laughs> the veil because fa- I, I feel like she would have worn a veil probably i feel too, but...
3: i feel like we can give him a pass on the black on the black yeah. clothes thing I mean, did you see everybody in the office like when he was doing his meeting?
4: Yeah.
3: A, everybody else had like holiday ties or a pen or something, and he was black on black on black, which was, as someone with gothic tendencies, I thought was awesome.
4: Right.
3: (laughs) (laughs) but you do get the visual of like everybody like being a little bit more light than him right so i guess like if you're used to just seeing that color palette all the time
1: but it's also he doesn't notice things he doesn't care about it yeah
3: i know i'm just saying that as a sidebar i I would give him a pass on the clothes it's
1: easier it's easier to miss it in that environment i I agree because it's it's not like you know he he goes and visits her at home or you know Goes to her house to bring out drop off his laundry or anything like that. I mean, but he
0: was he, almost certainly told, right? And um, just did never, yeah. just HR never,
3: would have yeah. dropped an email or something. Yeah,
0: somebody would have he, a memo around. He would have, yeah, known. yeah he would. There
3: was have. a collection, like there was maybe a funeral. But that kind of brings <laughs> up an interesting point because
1: in a lot of these adaptations, you could almost uh, stop after the first ghost and and have, and have a good result. Um, Whereas in this one, I mean he fights it pretty hard even during the second ghost, you know, changing and being a better yeah. person. Like in him up at Christmas Carol, you know, they could have they could have given up after after he showed how he lost his girlfriend, Belle. Yeah. Um, or his fiance Belle, whatever it was. And he yeah. would have been a better well, person already, but he wouldn't have learned everything he needed to know.
3: Yeah, well, no, there's I mean, there's a difference between chopping down the tree of his inability to see other people right. and like having him have to feel um and then having to build the like, Christmas present is about giving him the tools to actually celebrate the holiday and care about other people. Mm-hmm. And then the other and like the final ghost is like, Well, if you don't do this, you're bound. Right. So, I mean, I think without the second I mean, without Christmas present, he doesn't have the I mean, he yeah, I know I'm a dick, but how do right. I live my life now? The second ghost I am not that saying very necessary.
4: I'm necessary. necessary. I'm saying Yeah, something
3: to achieve or something He
1: shows less change between the first and the second ghost than in a lot of the other adaptations. i
3: yeah. you're probably He fights not it wrong. a lot.
1: He fights a lot harder. Um even if it's, you know, more vocally than internally because he's already been touched by, you know, Niagara Falls. Right. Or other <laughs> yeah and he's used to
3: having to wear that kind of like you know hard mask to deal with the corporate ladder he is you know muscled his way up through especially being as young as he has he's had to be hard to get to where he got so that's going to be the last thing that kind of falls off agreed
0: agreed you also, this adaptation, uh, other adaptations also don't have the ghost of Christmas Present literally beating the living hell out of him. Maybe they Either. should do it. more well. yeah, maybe
1: but... she shouldn't
0: be hitting him. Um,
1: maybe yeah, that's that counterproductive. Nice, that's funny. Maybe... Just the <laughs> juxtaposition of this, you know, tiny fairy waif-like creature with the very high, uh, cartoony voice, just wailing on this guy.
3: <laughs> she put up the sign that said "The 3. That... He knew what he was walking into. <laughs>
1: The ball breaker sweep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he She did pull his lips so hard that uh, they had to stop filming for a couple days because she ripped it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That, that hurts just thinking about Ow. it. Um, but he was a trooper. I guess he yeah, I was gonna came say. back after that for more. Um, any other thoughts on the, the second ghost?
3: Uh, no. I think it just segues into Isn't that where it segues into him wandering around?
1: Yeah, that's when we go and we we, we visit the uh, the, homeless the homeless shelter. Guy, the, mm-hmm. Well, the, he visited the homeless shelter between the first and the second ghost. Yeah, he did. You know, yeah. Michael J. Pollard dead between the second and third ghost, and that was just uh that's always sad. That's uh, very sad.
0: With a with a Donald Trump joke. Yeah. 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 Are you in Trump yeah. Tower? Yeah. What? Are we, he's in the frozen frozen sewer, and he says, "What am I in Trump Tower?" Yeah, <laughs> um,
2: New Yorkers hated him
0: even then. Yeah, they they didn't like Donald Trump back in 1988. No. So. But yeah, um that's a that's a great scene. Uh and I was gonna say probably the most effective. I feel like it's the most effective Michael J. Pollard scene I've
1: ever seen. It, it's up there. Yeah. I'd have to rewatch Bonnie and Clyde. I feel like he had a couple of good scenes in there. But... Yeah,
0: I've never seen Bonnie and Clyde. So oh. uh I've I no know, I know Michael J. It Pollard. It deserves
1: its reputation of being great. That's all I'll yeah.
0: say. I, I know Michael J. Pollard as as the uh you know being on par with Clint Howard. Mm-hmm. You know, like you get him. You get him in these cheap roles and, and he kind of overacts and that's all you really get, you know, tangling cash.
1: I think uh, I think Michael J. Pollard is a lot uh more talented of an of an actor. Almost it? certainly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. He's one of those guys who you get when you want that guy. I mean, yeah. Yeah. This movie's stacked to the gills with those kind of character actors. So True. True. So yeah, that was
3: I mean it goes sad. through two whole songs in the credits. So yeah, there's lots of people. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that was a tough one.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And he's like and it, it literally he says if I had only given you the two dollars. Right.
1: I should have given that you that was oh. come
3: on, give me a happy ending here. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's not how it works, buddy. And that <laughs> was that
1: was his first moment where he realized that, you know, this is actually
2: okay. My actions have consequences.
1: Right. The reality of the whole situation. I wouldn't I wanted to say that this is actually happening, but you know, you can still make a case either way. But these are your action and inaction are are real have real world effects that you may not have thought of because you can only think of yourself
2: yeah and that like everyone's connected
1: mm-hmm. Which... but then we go on to our personally it's my least favorite ghost in almost any adaptation because mm. it has the least to say um it's the coolest looking ghost in most adaptations.
3: Yeah. I do love the video screen for the face. Right. That's rad, especially, you know, mm. considering like what he's already put people through with right. watching this horrible uh trailer. People <laughs> dying of fright from it.
1: Right. But uh yeah, it's it's and it also I just don't think this version is is that great um overall A little too much uh it goes for the German Expressionist, but comes off more like uh, early Tim Burtonist. Yeah. and there's
0: a, there's a lot of little, like, kind of Tim Burton y moments in this oh, film.
1: Danny Elfman also did the yeah, score. Yeah, Elfman
0: did the was, score, yeah.
1: Danny Elfman, Danny Elfman. This song sounds like Danny Elfman. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Can't get all four of us together and not do some Mystery Science Theater references. It's yeah. just not going to
4: happen. True.
1: Um, but. It always, even in the original story, the, the third one always seemed extraneous uh, in a way, especially in this because we've already shown his actions have consequences and people die because of what he's done. Um, they did it once in the beginning with the woman who died from the uh, seeing the trailer and he didn't give a shit. Yes. And then they just did it uh, with Michael J. Pollard and he realized he gave a shit. And now we're showing this because it happens in the book. I don't. What's um, the purpose of this?
2: Or is it because
1: it's happening to him? Like, yeah, I think but we've already the, moved past the fact that he, he, he hes already learned to think about other people the hard way in a yeah. lot of ways. Well, yeah, I, but we don't he, I don't think
3: he—I don't think under—I understands his own mortality. Yeah.
1: Um, Does anyone? I mean.
3: Well, no. That's kind of the good thing about being human is that we don't really get it because we'd just be in horror all day long. Right. right. Um, funny to say on a horror podcast. Anywho, um. He has to understand I mean he has to understand what it means to his brother
4: mm-hmm.
3: which he didn't really get from the I'm totally from the mo- from the thing mm-hmm. in the the party that they had. Right. And he has to understand that this is it. Right. You know, you get you get one shot to fix this.
0: Well, I agree with that. I think that when he sees when he sees the casket his first thought is that it is his brother. Right. His brother is mm mm-hmm.
3: Mhm. Then and, he sees his name.
0: and then he sees that he's in there. And right. that means something very different to him.
3: And then um, it draws him into the picture instead of like just being a uh, observer. It brings right. him into, you right. know... But like, I always
1: thought the most important thar- part of that um, interaction with the third ghost was seeing what would happen to Tiny Tim if he kept on, you know, not paying Bob Cratchit what he's worth. Um, I think They did I,
3: do that, though. They right, did they show did. that yeah. he, you know... I don't know why he's in a padded room, but I think it. Ju- other than it just quickly relates. To it was the fact that he's going to have long term problems. It was 1988.
1: With, they had no idea how to deal with you know things that may in fact be. I think. Thanks, so, you know, I think what what's I, I think what you're doing is
0: you're looking at you're looking at individual pieces instead of the whole, and I think that in this case with the Ghost of Christmas Future, it's a progressional thing. Uh, he sees what happens to Calvin, which my my assumption would be. It, it his PTSD gets worse to the point where he becomes violent. That's my right. thought. that it starts with uh, uh, inability to speak, right, and that leads to further social isolation until the point and where then he
1: lashes out. And that's why there. things happen.
0: Um, because not only is he a padded room, but Alfred Weber comes in there and she's wearing like rags and stuff. Like she's obviously like they took any sort and of no metal, shoes, yeah, yeah, metal or string or anything away from mm-hmm. that. And um, if you grew up around anybody with uh with violent uh, mental health issues that's what they do they're Mm -hmm. like you cannot go into that hospital you can't you can't bring your keys um i've never seen anybody make you take off your shoes but um, well it was
1: also you know again it was an impressionistic you know version
0: of the future i mean but then he also sees what happened to claire mm -hmm. which is claire becomes like him yeah she gives up on her helping people um and that was a good look
3: on her though yeah yeah. It <laughs> was good so, makeup. No.
0: But mm-hmm. then what you have is so you have this one two punch of him saying, Other people are affected by what I'm doing. And right. then he comes to the third part where he sees he thinks it's his brother's died. And mm-hmm. so therefore there's one, two, three. All these people that are important in my life have suffered. Right. And he finds out that his brother hasn't suffered, he is dead. Right. And his brother's well,
3: I- still suffering.
1: Yeah, he's suffering from that mustache at least.
3: Oh, I'm <laughs> suffering from that mustache.
0: Yeah. But then my, my point is that it's a subversion, right? He he sees it's, he sees one, two. And then the third is he thinks it's yet another person that has suffered as a result of his behavior. Right. And we discover that's him himself. Right. But yeah,
2: but I guess he did suffer from his own behavior. That's
0: the point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, his brother's grieving now. Yeah. Yeah. um, so, I mean, I think that's, I think that's the reason why it needs to be there. I think that's what we get is the, uh, long-term effects of other people, but also the ultimate notion of his mortality. Right. Like, uh, this is what you leave behind, which is always what I thought was the point. That's, that's why I said, I, it's weird that there's no, uh, people happy that he's dead moment right. in this yeah. version, because that's really the point in other adaptations is it's supposed to be, he goes forward in time and sees, not only have other people suffered but people are actually jubilant over his death.
2: I also right. think like that would be just overkill in this movie because yeah. everything there's so much over the top stuff like with Carol Kane and everything it just mm-hmm. it just seems like it would just be too much. You wouldn't even you wouldn't even need it at that point. Obviously people are going to be happy that he's dead. Yeah.
0: You know. Yeah.
2: So or maybe it's sitting on the cutting room floor somewhere. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. I think the I think the act of just casting John Glover makes me think there's more to it than that. But um, right. uh, yeah, because
1: I mean, even th- his thread throughout the thing, when you you know, discount the ongoing gags about the news about the uh, network censor, um, is yeah. about he's loving this. He's like, holy shit, he's falling apart, and I'm here to take his job. This is great. Not but it, but also,
0: they go to they go to they do go to great lengths to show that the the casting crew of Scrooge, uh, the, mm-hmm. the in universe version, right. like him better. yeah Uh, yeah. he's getting along with people you know we see him talking to buddy hackett you know and and buddy hackett's having a great time with him
3: yeah he's Um, so cheesy and awful yeah he's he's not a not necessarily
1: good person but he's definitely a better better person for that job that frank cross has i mean he's well they're going to the way even to dress
0: him like he's wearing jeans right oh he's wearing the jeans and in sports coat attire he's he's loose with the casting crew he's uh, uh he's yeah. making nice with people yeah. in right. a way he's that Frank Yes. Yeah. And yeah, we see that he's clearly enjoying Frank's descent into madness. Right. Um and that he's almost certainly a two-faced monster. Right. Uh in his own right probably, but we are also basing that around Well, I
1: mean, he uh, immediately talks about how, you know, he went to school with the the president's brother, brother and yeah. you know Starts talking stories about lacrosse and shit. It's like he's a he's, he's, man, yes. Yeah, he's oh, a, he's his he's California
3: connected. plate. <laughs> yeah, he's, connect,
1: he's connected. The in played, no he, he's, he knows how to play that game. Not that he's a great person, he knows how to play it. You know. Yes. Yeah. But I get the impression
0: that he would have been a better boss at the end of the day. Absolutely. No, that. Um, it's hard
1: to be a worse boss, but I think yes. he would have been a pretty good boss. Uh,
0: I've worked. I've worked for men like John Glover in this movie before, right. and it's it's. Uh, as long as you're on their good side, everything is fine. Right, right. They're super nice to you, but uh, you ha- you know that what you're dealing with uh, someone. I remember once somebody talking about. It was He's about, still
1: transactional at the end of the day. I mean, it's-
0: I remember somebody mentioning to me once they're talking about. Um, uh, there was this bouncer back in Portland uh, mm-hmm. who had been in uh, who had seen action in the military, and he was now a bouncer at this uh, high-end nightclub.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And if you if he liked you, he was like super really nice to you. But someone once pointed out that if you looked into his eyes long enough, you realize what you're dealing with is a wolf, right. um, a domesticated wolf, that is one wrong move from biting you. Um, I feel like that's John Glover in this movie. Like that, yes. it's that type of man in a managerial position is he will be nice to you until that day, and then. And John
1: Glover's day. good at playing that kind of character. Yes, I mean,
0: yeah, that's what John Glover is known for. Yeah. He plays it very much like I'm. I'm your best friend, but don't fuck with me. Right. And, and if you screw with me, I will tear out your heart. You know, in some cases, right. literally, John Glover. Yeah.
1: There. <laughs> um. So that brings us basically to the uh, the end. The uh, it's Christmas morning. I haven't missed it. Uh, I haven't part missed it. Of part of the yeah. story.
3: Prolonged a dance number which is way too many
1: solid gold dancers. I was mentioning to Jen last night that I always find the wrap up of this of this story to be messy. Yes. And this this is maybe the longest and messiest of them all. Very, it 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 goes into the SNL. How do we end this sketch um, territory? Yeah, and
3: you know the the casual sexual assault of the guy getting uh, the of John
1: Glover. John
3: Glover, that's funny. Yeah. Uh,
1: He's even putting that aside.
3: They don't know yeah. how to wrap this up. No, I mean, really, if you think about it, what they're going to jail, guys. <laughs> like, him, him and Elliot Latimer are going to jail. Right. So say what you want. It doesn't matter. Right. Kiss your girlfriend before you go to the prison.
0: There is that. That is something that occurred to me last time, which was the idea of, like, the insinuation seems to be that he's, it seems to be that he's going to continue to be a great boss, right. but he's committed several felonies within five right. minutes. Yeah, um, that it's it's almost certainly not going to be a happy ending. I mean, and just, nice to
1: mention he's he's had a complete and utter meltdown on live television. Yes, across the world. Yeah, cool. <laughs> which either will make him network legendary in a good way or yeah. legendary in a bad way, and I'm not I, sure. See, How do you guys feel? Do you think it's going to help or hurt his career? if uh, he we, had this. Oh, well,
2: I think it would happen. happen. He goes out and gets his own station.
1: Yeah, he goes off to run UHF. Yeah, then. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, there you go.
3: I'll take that headcan. Well,
1: let's, let's talk a little bit about you know losing jobs in this because you know Elliot yeah. Laudermill was a TV executive.
0: I I made this exact same point. Please continue. And, I said this to Lori and last. And
1: within forty five minutes of him being fired, he's a wino in the gutter yeah. with no money. Has to sell his blood. Yeah.
3: It's um, it's literally wife, not even been an afternoon. His wife,
1: and, who is obviously the worst, has already left him
3: and taken the child. <laughs>
1: Yeah, taking the kids. So either there's already something really wrong there with their relationship, or she's just terrible. Yeah, I, I want to say it's the second. Yeah, because they don't that give us that. That was my
0: insinuation. I was like, and no other
1: networks are trying to get this guy to work for them.
3: You kidding me? If they're the top thing, he would have like money on his desk, like by like, the end of the day. Yeah,
1: he was like, why don't you come on over and start the Paramount Network for us? That's
0: right? I was CBS like, access. Right. Come on, a TV, a TV executive who worked for Frank, who worked closely with Frank Cross. Is right. terminated and he doesn't have a job, doesn't have an interview lined up within an hour, right? Um, uh, rivals- these
3: people, these people are sharks. They, I yeah. mean, he, he's like loving or whatever, but you have to be on point and have a global vision to get your ass up that ladder to sit at that desk in the first place. Yeah. He knows what the other people are doing and he knows I mean, what probably what they're paying, even
1: if he's a naive Pollyanna. I mean, he should have at least had other people try to headhunt him. I mean, right?
3: Yeah,
1: yeah but it, 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 he's, it's he's, not he's, as funny i get it's, it it's a cartoon character which is basically what he's playing i mean
3: i mean he does yeah. even do the wesley Wabbit. right thing. right
1: yeah yeah he does
0: do wesley Wabbit. Yep. yeah hello Wabbit. Ah, ah,
1: ah, ah. was this one of the last times that bobcat goldthwaite did his bobcat goldthwaite voice on on live action film because he stopped he's he started moving away from it some at this point
0: i'm not sure if it was his last um i don't know how much longer how much longer did Bobcat Goldthwaite's career really last? What about Shakes
2: the Clown?
1: But he did that as a—that was almost like a commentary on his own on his own shtick. If you yeah. think about it, I don't know. It was just kind of interesting that. that I thought of it. And I couldn't figure it out. But um, yeah. anyway,
3: everyone starts clapping, singing badly. <laughs> Dormice okay. are learning to love again. Singing
1: Andy Lennox songs. And yeah, just,
3: which is oof. not the greatest Andy Lennox song by far. Yeah. But. It's
1: never really that great.
3: Christmas, really? I mean, hmm? it does. What's her
1: version of it?
2: Huh? Sorry,
1: I'm sorry. I didn't hear you.
2: Oh, I said, and what? It wasn't exactly a Christmas song. I mean, no. It was it, a Kumbaya song, but right. it was.
1: Put a little love in your heart. Who's the other person in the song? It was Eddie Lennox and? Peebo Bryson. I don't know. <laughs> Al Green, maybe. Or- yeah, I'm
2: thinking like. Of course, I want to say Dion yep. Warwick, but I know that's wrong.
1: Right, right. Something. But it's just this long, shaggy, ending the- where everybody's right. like, "Can we just wrap this?" Um- right
3: they like, go he'll through he'll two he'll whole songs he'll in he'll the he'll cast he'll thing. bill murray keeps talking to the camera he needs to stop yeah. <laughs> i don't don't tell me how to sing i'll sing my own damn way
1: yeah i like i like that they they uh, when i was looking up facts for this they went out a lot of people went out of their way to say that you know bill murray uh improvised the stuff about telling the people in the audience how to sing and i'm like oh you think so
0: yeah <laughs> that's pretty clearly uh <laughs> right the cast behind him clearly doesn't know what he's about to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I noticed that last night, particularly Karen Allen, who is actually mostly behind him in that. Mm-hmm. Scene.
3: It was originally, done, the song was originally done by Jackie DeShannon in the 60s. Right. Got to figure that out. And then it's done by, um, oh, I just saw it, Annie Lennox and Al Green. Okay. Oh. It yeah. Was Al Green. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Okay. yeah you so yeah, see. it's like, then they even have like the whole cast get well, not the real cast, but the crew and the cast of the of the show within the movie get together like it's the end of Saturday Night Live as well. <laughs> I, mean, it's just... I thought
3: it was interesting as he was having this talk with a camera right. that all the people just kept like crowding towards him. Right. Like, please, Sensei, tell us more. Right. Like. No, I would be, like, writing up my resume and getting <laughs> I mean, the hell out of Dodge.
1: Yeah, like, J.B. Farr and, you know, Buddy Hackett aren't gonna give a shit. I mean, they're just gonna be like, okay, well, if this is happening, I'm, I'm out. I'm leaving now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's the one part of the movie that did that wasn't rushed but should have
1: been. It right, was dragged yeah. out. And that's what I'm saying. Like, in every version of this, I, I kind of, when it gets to that point, I just want it to rush and be done, too, because the story is pretty much done. And this drags out even more than
3: the Christmas Goose version, right, right. Oh,
0: I like his speech at the end. I don't know about, I don't know about the, the. Uh, uh... I do,
1: but it's hard. They're having a struggle to get there and yeah. to get past it, and to, like I said, it's a. They could have,
3: they, they could have punched it up a little bit more.
1: They could have just, you know, like five minutes earlier, just said, "So you don't want to? Do you want to go back to my place? <laughs> do the Monty Python ending, right, <laughs> and be done? That's have- right. <laughs> I like
0: it. I like his speech. Uh, I, I don't uh, I mean, I don't know about like the, you know, saying stuff to the people at home kind of thing. But I mean, like the the speech about, uh, you know, you know, going out and seeing, you know, a homeless person and giving them a blanket or a sandwich. Right. I mean, I think that I, I it was something that I was thinking about earlier today about about a Christmas carol in general and about how uh, it's uh, for a Christmas story is surprisingly um, uh, secular. Non-religious. Right? Yeah presently secular for a uh, – uh, because I looked it up. Dickens actually was uh, a devout Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, had, he had issues with uh, organized religion. He was a Unitarian. Right. But uh, it's interesting that this story doesn't have a lot of religious elements. It's always about goodwill towards men as a secular concept.
1: No, and even the spirits. I mean, they're not they're not Christian spirits in any way. No. They're not saints. They're not even Santa Claus or, you know – saint nicholas not angels right you yeah. know
3: which for you know with with catholic that's a pretty low bar you just you know you can throw yep. cal- angels in anywhere right yeah um i do think uh, and the, the thing that's funny about this is that the whole reason that dickens like wrote this is because he's just like oh my god i hate people around christmas there's no season of giving and blah blah. blah. Yeah. and we've gone you know a couple hundred years later and nothing has changed Right. so that says a lot about us Sorry. <laughs> the song remains the same, you know? It's true. No. Don't give it to Salvation Army.
1: Yeah, don't, don't, don't
3: no, do that. I don't do that. No.
0: No, Lori, Lori does her own, uh, uh homeless people, uh, outreach thing. Yeah, I've got a
2: non-profit going called, the person-to-person street ministry. Can you lean in?
3: I want to make sure everyone hears the... Oh yeah,
2: it's called person-to-person street ministry. Mm-hmm.
3: Um,
2: and a friend of mine, and I started it and basically every Sunday morning, we put together 50 bags of food, um, like nice lunches, and I usually bake something every week. And uh, we just drive around and give them out to people in uh, like downtown St. Louis, pretty much the same right. area, more or less. They all know who we are now. They know our little caravan and everything. And we've been getting donations and we've kind of branched out into clothes and bedding and shoes. and hygiene products and stuff like that too so we're, we're getting a little bit bigger
3: as, that's as wonderful that cool. is amazing i can barely do meal prep for myself you're, <laughs> it's amazing. and yeah, you're I nailing that assembly
2: line though it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah.
1: the point so any so uh, final thoughts anybody on uh scrooged or christmas carol that we want to do before we wrap up
0: it's a, it's uh, a good one yeah, I mean, this movie is... I'd my, tell you
1: to watch it, but I feel like everybody already has. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. I mean, I, I watch this, uh, I've this. i watched this every Christmas Eve for probably the last 20 years. Right, um, likewise. Yeah, it is my favorite uh, Christmas movie of all time. Um, right. And warts and all, uh, I, I mean, I absolutely love pretty much every second of it. And to the point where I can pretty much close my eyes and actually just watch the movie. Like, the same, um,
1: yeah. Both of us could probably quote this in the Muppet I version. Imagine. Yeah, <laughs> front to back and yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. I, had to, I had
2: to make him stop doing that. Actually, yeah. <laughs> Ten minutes
3: or so. Like, this one
1: was singing along to the Muppet version the entire time, but I just you know you it's can't Christmas. S- I'm just gonna let it go. You
3: can't stop the singing. It's <laughs> happening. Yeah. yeah,
1: you can't not do
0: that. I, I had watched. Uh, I had watched the Muppet version before last night, but this mm-hmm. last night was first night. I think it actually like had much of an impression on me, and I, I right. thought, thought it was really great. Actually, yeah. Uh, it's ob- it's obnoxious how uh, how effective the Muppets are. Well, um, it's all because of
3: Michael
0: Caine. Yeah, Michael Caine also being. Uh, uh, ex- I, I
3: just love the gravitas of that guy and him the coming in and bringing all of that. And he is talking to, to puppets, dude. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and he doesn't show on his face at all. Yeah, he is just so- like. He's like, I am in
1: the movie. This He's is like, happening. I am talking to a frog that fucks the pig on the regular, and there's nothing weird about that.
3: <laughs> We're, we spent, like, five minutes trying to figure out, like, how that works because they're like, okay, so if a pig and a, a Frog love each other very much. Artificial and, insemination, I'm thinking. Yeah, and, and they have kids. So if they have kids, all the frogs are boys, all boys are frogs, and yeah. all girls are pegs. That's how that works.
1: Or is it a Brady Bunch?
3: Yeah, yeah. his concept was that it was a Brady Bunch situation with two dead spouses right. where they remarried. Gloomy, gloomy Christmas. Thought.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. And with that thought, let's uh, <laughs> ready to wrap it up.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, so as usual, uh, you can find us on Twitter at, at devils underscore AT. Uh, we're also on Facebook. We have our own little thing uh, at the devil's ball. Um, I am Nathaniel.
1: I'm Sam. Yeah.
0: And we've had our guests, uh, Lori and Jen. Thank you both Thank for you being so on
3: much fun. it was, fun. Yeah. Oh, it was so good to see y'all. Yeah. yeah.
0: So we've had our, uh, we've had our, uh, at the devil's ball family Christmas thing here. Um,
1: and no After one threw anything you, or fought yet.
3: We'll be well, doing a uh, takeover for International Women's Day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd probably be all right with That'd that. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll do this again. We'll uh, our little uh, our little family. I, I I had I originally had pit, talked to Sam about this about uh, uh, us doing it with the wives.
2: The um, no, no, no balls and chains.
0: Yeah. Are we still doing yeah, uh, the right. phrasing or? Uh, <laughs> But the yeah the general idea of uh, of this being kind of the family in a sense uh, nope. you know I consider Sam a brother and that makes Jen my sister in law nope.
3: uh, in oh different. lucky you yeah. <laughs> um
0: but yeah um so yeah it's been fun yep. uh, everybody at home uh, have a uh, have a happy holidays yep. uh, stay, stay safe love stay each safe. other love each other uh try not to do too much Christmas shopping for the love of God no. We're not we're not done with stop the stop
2: being Bill Murray.
0: Yeah. Just yeah.
2: towel to everyone.
0: Yeah. Send the towel. <laughs> right. Um yeah, we didn't even talk about the towel versus VHS thing. Um, but yeah, the uh but uh have a have a safe and um and uh, happy holiday uh from all of us here at uh, at the devil's ball. And so um uh, uh thank you very much. Good night. And Namaste.
4: Thank mm-hmm. you.